But we do battle with the things uh, that, that separate us from God. Uh, we don't, we don't, we aren't happy with just existing. Uh, we want to give Him the best we can, and so we do combat with these things. And St. James said this as a warning to us. When desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. And I would add this from Peter Craig, the Roman Catholic theologian. Not all who start with small sins end in hell, but all who end in hell start with small sins. So everything demands our attention. Uh, you know, sometimes I know you, you may think this, I do often. Sometimes I think, you know, I'm just so tired of doing battle with the same old stuff time and time again. I've been at this since 1971 and I'm tired of it all. Well, too bad. We gotta keep up, get up and keep going and keep contending with these things until the day we leave this life. That's a part of being the athlete who's training and the soldier who's in combat. It is what we are called to be and do. So there are aspects of the Christian life. Uh, and we've talked about this in the adult class, that it's not just to believe correctly, but to act correctly. And we want to do that and learn to do that. And that we believe what St. Paul said, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, then it's possible to do what God calls us to do. Sin is a failure of both of those concepts, a failure to believe correctly and a failure to act correctly. It's a failure all the way. But we don't want to settle for failure. We want to be successful in this. And, this, and the text of St. James makes, it aware, makes us aware that there's a process that we can learn from this and do combat with our sins. This brings me then to my point. In the early church, uh, the fathers of the church understood, the mystics and the saints of the church understood that there are basically what I call four stages of a sinful action. St. James only mentions three, but having put that into practice, began to realize the fullness of this concept. And these four stages are these. The first motion, entertainment, consent, and action. First motion, entertainment, consent, and action. The first motion is a word, a thought, or a suggestion. If you remember the story of Adam and Eve in the garden, the first motion is, did God say? That's the first motion. It's just a thought. It came from outside. It wasn't even Adam or Eve, Adam's or Eve's doing. It was a thought brought on from the devil, of course. But it came. Did God say? This is not a sin. We need to understand that. It's just the first step toward a sin. Do you know? I, as a young Christian, thought the first motions, I didn't even know what first motions were, but those thoughts, as soon as they passed through my mind, I thought I'd sinned. And I used to beat myself mercilessly, just, oh, berate myself, not beat, I don't want you to get the wrong impression. I used to berate myself mercilessly uh, because of that. You louse, you can't, you, you just, you're, you're sinning all the time. Well, I was, but that wasn't it. Those were first motions, and I wasn't dealing with them properly. It's not a sin, and very often they originate from outside of ourselves, usually inspired by the devil, who wants us to entertain such thoughts and then be drawn away from Christ and to enter into the process of separating ourselves from God through sin. And remember something too, sin is not just malicious behavior. That's a problem we have in America. We think that the word sin means I do evil things to people. Well, that's sin, but sometimes our best efforts are sin. 
That is, that they fall short of the mark of a holy action, a holy response to God. If you can see this for those of you who are married, married, you know how often, how often do we hurt our spouses with kindly intended words that backfire? So it wasn't a bad thing that we did, but the result failed. It was a flop that fell short of the mark, which was what sin in the biblical languages means, to miss a target. It fell short of the mark. Sometimes our best efforts fall short of the mark of God, and they are considered sin. Entertainment is lingering on the possibility. See, when the, the thought comes through, instead of just dismissing it, hmm, that's very interesting. The Adam and Eve story again. The woman saw that the tree was good for fruit, for eating. She saw that. She's entertaining it. She's playing with the thought, even though she hasn't done anything yet. Usually, entertainment is not sin, but one is on the edge. On the edge. And then it goes on to say, it, well, let me just add that some of the fathers call this coupling, which I prefer the term coupling. Entertainment's coming. We're yoking ourselves to this idea. We're getting there. The third one is consent. It's agreement in soul. That is, yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to try this out. I think I'm going to hang around here a while. I think I'm going to do this. Uh, <clears throat> it's agreement in soul. Remember what Christ said? That, that if a man lusts after a woman in his heart, it's the same as if he had actually had an affair with her. There is sin that is sin in the intent. And not just action, or it's not limited just to action. Sins of the heart. Consent is to enter into the sin of the heart. And if, if you look at the Genesis text, if you go back to that last verse, the woman saw the tree was good, it actually says, when the woman saw that the tree was good. Consent is implied in the word. When she saw. <laughs> this is the four stages of sin working its way out. Which brings us to the last one. Action, actually performing the sin. She took the fruit and she ate. And that's what we do. We take the fruit that's offered to us, even when we know it's going to separate us from God and keep us from being the people He intended us to be, and to enjoying the fruits, literally, of a relationship with Him, we choose instead to go another way. Take the fruit and we eat. These are the stages of sin. All of it, every sin we commit happens this way. Now, here's the thing. I make it sound like it's, you know, one, two, three, four. But actually, as you probably know, if you can identify any these aspects of any of your personal sins, it happens this fast. We don't know what hit us. So it's like, what? How did I do that? Time and again, that's what makes sin so much worse. Get so tired of this same process. I'm in it knee deep before I know what's happened to me. Well, that's scary. And yet, there's a way to do this, to deal with this, to transform this. And I do encourage you, go home and think when you have some quiet time. Think about some particular sin pattern of yours, perhaps one that you hate the most and would like to change. And ask yourself how these four steps work out. What's my first motion? What's the start of this in me? We need to identify those things. So, what we do, what to do in combating this, identify the sin. Here's one of the things in America, we don't want to know what our sins are. 
So we don't like people talking to us about SID, and we don't like to look at self-examinations because we can't face up to the fact that every one of us in this room is broken and sinful and separated from God because of it. It's a fact. We are all here because we are all sick. And if anyone thinks he's not sick, you may as well get up and go home and enjoy yourself instead of wasting time here. We're sick people, and we're here to get healed. So I'm sharing with you some of what the church has told us on how that works. So we have to identify the sin. Okay. I have sinned exceedingly in thought, word, and deed. By my fault, by my own fault, by my own most grievous fault. That sort of captures it all, doesn't it? It's serious and it's real. So we own up to it. And then we repent. Now well, here's the thing about the four stages. If we do this constantly, what happens is we repent after the fact, but we keep doing it over and over and over and over and over again. And one day we realize we're actually repenting after, after consent and not action. And if we keep doing it, one day we'll realize we're repenting after entertainment. If we work our way up by doing it repeatedly, Something Americans don't want. American Christians don't want to do anything repeatedly. But that is the essence of successful Christian life. Remember the story that Jesus told about the, the widow woman who wanted justice and she went to the judge and he didn't give it to her. So she kept going back until he finally got sick of her and he did what she wanted. And Jesus said that he presented that story in such a way as to say, this is the importance of persistence in prayer. Well, there's persistence in repentance. And we keep going back until one day we identify the first motion as it's happening. Just like that, we go, oh, I see what's going on. And we can dismiss it. If you know, if you look at the temptation of Christ, you have three temptations. Three first motions. Command these stones to become bread. Throw yourself down. Worship me. In each case, he dismissed them. When dismissing them, there was no more progress. We can't say that he sinned, he didn't entertain, he didn't give consent, he didn't act on it, he dismissed it. And we can do it too. You know, I, I find myself overwhelmed by curiosity. I see, you know, I read the news and I see a story, somebody did some stupid action. And my first motion, one of my first motions is, I want to know how stupid people can really be. <laughs> so, I just have to open this story. Just have to. Well, what I've found is, when I do, I'm very unhappy. Number one, the press very often doesn't report it correctly. So the story doesn't seem to have anything to do with the title on the comic, uh, which disappoints me. At least, it, it, I mean, I'm, I'm dis so disappointed I almost let down. But sometimes I get judgmental and condemnatory when I see what people do. And then I'm dwelling on it all day, how stupid people are. Instead of looking at me and thinking how stupid I am, why didn't I dismiss this? I know this happens, I've been through this a thousand times. I read the news every day. I know what I'm learning to do is every time I see an article that really draws my morbid attention, I dismiss it and I move on to the next one. Because otherwise it's nothing but trouble. And that's the way it is. We begin to recognize and are able to dismiss as Christ did. So it's become like Christ. And it, it is to then defeat our sins and remember Sin separates us from God. It shuts Him out of our hearts. When we can defeat sin in our lives, we open up. 
And he fills us with himself, which is what we as human beings were put here to do. So we cannot dismiss anything as insignificant sins. They're all serious, and we need to take them seriously. And we now have the tools to work with this, to work with the doctor toward our healing. Thank God for that. The church has given us that. And so we, we pray, pray that the Lord will help us to see the first motions as they occur so that we can dismiss them and, and cooperate with the grace of God to have lives that are holy and perfect and open to Him and vessels of His mercy and grace in His holy presence. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.